Raisin Man Arena. We're on in three, two, one, boom. And welcome, Raisin Nation, <laughs> to another day here at, at uh, Lafayette Avenue. I won't uh, wow. name drop where, but uh, in the heart of Bed-Stuy. Yeah. Good morning. Not where we're from. Elizabeth but. Holmes has been found guilty on four out of nine criminal charges. Only four out of nine? Four out of nine. So I had heard she's guilty, but when you're telling me four out of nine, that's innocent Mostly to me. Innocent. Mostly innocent. Yes, yes, yes. Well, when you work in venture capital, sometimes you need to sell something you don't actually have okay and that's the that's the gambit she got into yeah and isn't that what we did with raisin man we said oh check God, it out yes. we're gonna have a dope podcast we're gonna have a dope podcast that's right and we still don't quite have we one don't quite yeah. have it someone's <laughs> taking us to court yeah. carly maruli is taking us to court <laughs> jack that's wedge right. is here welcome jack good morning good jack. morning i hope jack's making some 3d some lanky guys let the dulcet tones of our deep voice lull yeah. you into your morning coffee. Yeah. Um, well, guys, how's it going? Sarah's having a little breakfast. It's going good. It's the first time I've ever had breakfast on the podcast. It's not. I'm not capable of getting a breakfast together in the morning, but Alex Winnick made this breakfast cake, brought it over to my apartment, and now I have it. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, Alex, nice. Oh, name drop. Yep. Name, name drop a drop. person nobody will know. Yeah, you listen to the podcast enough and you'll hear the names of people we're friends with. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the little gifts that we give you. Well, I'm glad you're having a little breakfast at her house, Sarah, because that means you'll have energy for the podcast. That's right. I was. T- we were telling Will beforehand, like, oh, you know... It sucks that we're doing it in the morning because we're all tired and stuff. And we're thinking tired of moving, so moving it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> no. And you keep telling us to bring fire to the podcast. <laughs> That's right. And I think I am a little sleepy. But but the cool thing is after the podcast is over, then it's Raisin, it's raisin Man all day. That's right. Because Sarah mm-hmm. gets to work here. <laughs> and Wednesdays are some of my favorite days. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We just gossip until 3 p.m. And then yeah. I'm like, well, there's three hours left to work. I might as well quit now. That's right. Yeah, it's funny. I couldn't sleep last night because my thoughts were like racing with like all the shit I was excited to talk about on the podcast. Like I said, every episode the night before, I'm like, and then I'm going to fucking go off about this. And then I'm going to pop off about this. Really? Yeah, and I come up with all these ideas and stuff I'm going to talk that about. That is so far from my experience <laughs> of what, how I feel about the podcast. <laughs> That's how I feel every night before. At 3 a.m. last night, I was like, oh, my God. I have literally so much stuff to say. We're not even going to have time for it all. Oh and then I wake God. up in the morning, and I'm like, I think I'm going to sit back on this one and just go, <laughs> go into cruise mode. Yeah. I'll let somebody else take the lead, and I'll just kind of throw in a couple, do some little alley-oops. It's, Annabelle it, Meshke's here. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's because you blow your load on your dreams. That's right. <laughs> you get all hyped up, and then you and then you go off inside your dreams, and then all that energy gets spent. That's right. Yeah. Yo, Jack's in London, guys. Whoa, what the London. Fuck? Hello. Hello. I'm Jack Wedge in London. Jack, what? we have an international audience. Jack, please make sure to, <laughs> to uh, pop open your window of your sooty little apartment. Flat. Garrett. They call it flat. Everybody's living in a Garrett. It's Raisin Nation out tonight. Yeah. Folks, please tune in so we can get more listeners. That's right. Yeah, that would be kind of nice. Playing Raisin Man at the pub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you here for Raisin Man Nation? <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, my friend the other day told me when she was living in Scotland, she, goes, she was a bartender, and she said, when you want to fight in Scotland, you say, what was it? Square go like. 
Have you heard this? No. Let's say it again. I don't even know what you said. <laughs> square go like, or maybe you say you want square go like. It's like square go like, and it means like, do you want to fight? You want to go to the square, Why? to the town square, and and fight it out. But you say square go like. Huh. Wow. Can any of from our international audience? Can any of our Scottish listeners confirm that? And if you've ever said that to someone, drop that story in the chat. <laughs> How? But can you? It's Square so like stories. It's so divorced from. It's so divorced from the English grammar that we know. Square. It's, that it's so hard to really give it the power. To imagine yes. anyone saying that, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Morning, blokes. At me flat says Jack. Yeah. Should we talk about New Year's? Yeah, or I rewatched the um, Theranos documentary last night, so we can talk about Elizabeth Holmes. Let's talk about that because she's already been brought up. Yeah, but I actually didn't read the new news. Does anybody know? Well, we can look what up. four did she get? They Let's did they see. get on? I think one is wire fraud, which is like kind of a random Elizabeth. one. Elizabeth wire fraud. It's always like that, right? Like they yeah, get they, for they, get, they get Al Capone yeah. for tax evasion. They get people for just like random shit. So that's and why just, you got a. Ghislaine got like weird stuff too. Sarah, yeah, I'm I'm sad to report. That she was not only, she wasn't found guilty of four out of what did you say? Ten? Nine. A nine. She was found guilty of four out of eleven federal Whoa. charges. This bitch is innocent as hell. Oh my god. There you could not you could not find someone oh more god. innocent than Elizabeth Holmes right now. Let me ask you guys this: Do you think she should have been punished, like in your heart, for what she did? Yes. <laughs> what? Because because I don't know the story all that well, but did she actually like? hurt anybody or did she just totally. just defraud a bunch of totally. people? Who did she hurt? She she defrauded rich people. Um, no. Well, she de- what's interesting is she defrauded all these rich people who are like conservatives. Like everybody who was on the board of her company was like Henry Kissinger and then like... Henry Kissinger was on, on the, the board. board. That's right. That's yeah. so crazy. And like Betsy DeVos was a, a big investor and um, Rupert Murdoch and like all these like conservative people, which is weird because they never made uh, like a connection to the documentary of like what does the the right and like kind of the farish right have to do with um, blood healthcare accessibility like why would they have been particularly interested in like what this woman was doing but at part of the point they make is just like she was like a really charming woman and she got all of these um old old conservative right. men like people who were like 94 years old people who didn't know any better <laughs> so it's like elder fraud really but th- that's not the angle um well the people that, that would got, be interesting that would be was. interesting yeah. that'd be interesting the people that got harmed were like they were actually using this like blood testing um, equipment that did not work to like test people's blood and give them results and like tell people who were like they said like they would test people for syphilis and their results were so inaccurate that if a hundred people who had syphilis got tested only sixty five of them would get a positive result and thirty five of them would be told they didn't have syphilis which is you know an infectious disease so my yeah my that is my favorite yeah. part of the documentary and then we can read the charges out but my because I saw the documentary a while ago and my favorite part was they were describing so she wanted to create this machine that could test your blood that was like a tiny little yes. box right and it would test your blood really quickly and so they created this three D simulation of what the machine actually looked like and all of the problems it ran into but essentially it was like if you can imagine you put a little vial and then a little needle drops down into the vial right and then lifts back up and takes a little like a little droplet of blood and then it slides over and it goes in a little petri dish and it like drops back down and then it goes back up and then it picks up another little droplet of blood so it's like it's like you know if you can imagine a scientist like 
turkey basting blood into thing and putting into little yeah. dishes, but that was inside of a tiny little box. Yeah, like a box that anybody could lift up. Right. Yeah. But then it's like, if you can imagine, it was like the blood would get sticky or like dry on the needle, and it would like there's like droplets of blood would get everywhere, and then the needle would be like crusted over with old blood, yes. and like the petri dishes yes. would like slide, and it was explode. The shit would explode. This yes. was how it, when it actually happened. Yeah, right when it, it when yeah. it was actually put to use. Yes, wow. and they said that the scientists like they would be they would have people's blood, and like that a lot of the people who would ha- submit their blood like at the time when they were just like prototyping it were people who were hard up for money and who. Had had a lot of diseases so the machines would break and we would be full of broken glass and like hepatitis and that's right blood. yes and they would have to just like reach their hands with like a glove that in there the and like part. try to fix shit but yeah. it was all just like glass and blood with diseases in it and the boxes oh and it just was really so treacherous funny. and sad yeah oh my gosh it was crazy and then they had just like there's all this like insane stuff about as they were developing it like the scientists just kept being like can't we just make the box like a little bigger? Like if we made the box a little bigger, this could work. And they would just be like, no, you're like, it has to be a GameCube size. Yes. The Silicon Valley mindset is like, you set the goal so incredibly high and then you just keep fucking like working on it until it's that thing you said you were going to do. Even though when you said you could do that, you had no idea whether or not you were really like capable of it. Wow. Yeah. So is that, that's the kind of thing it's about. It's about the sort of Silicon Valley mindset and the lies that, that, are are born out of that kind of sort of venture capitalism totally totally well i the reason i feel like conflicted about it is because i'm like i can't hate uh you know fake it till you make it queen right in life one should say over promise and then deliver on the thing they promised i think that's a good philosophy to have but then when you're dealing with all this kind of money that ain't right yeah, right. Or like, if you don't make it to the goal, you have to say something before you do the rollout at every Walgreens in Arizona. Oh, wait, <laughs> like, did she do that? So she was like, this out. shit does not work out, but we're going to roll it out. <laughs> we're going to roll it out. And they were doing crazy stuff. Like part of the thing is that it was just a drop of blood pricked from your fingertip, that that would be enough blood to test for thousands of diseases and that people would be able to do on demand. Like you wouldn't need to go to the doctor. You would just go to Walgreens. You could order your own tests. They would prick your finger, no needles. And, um, you could get tested for almost anything um and they rolled them out into walgreens and they were so dysfunctional that they were like pretending basically that the machines would work but they just set up like a clinical lab back at their headquarters so they would go take all of the blood that had been like gathered at the walgreens rush it back to the lab dilute it because like the drop wasn't enough blood to actually do the test and then just use like siemens or lab core technology to test the blood so they were pretending even to use their shit that did oh, not work i thought work. that Whoa. i thought when you said siemens that they had put semen in oh, the no, blood be, to like dilute it to even be more like, fuck you we don't <laughs> care what the american public <laughs> a bunch of cum in your blood yeah. now yeah. Uh, this no. this might work. Yeah. <laughs> so they were just doing all the shit that like you and you're not allowed to do that by the standards of like how you test people's blood. So they were really like doing malpractice on people yeah. who also were now like circumventing going to doctors and only just getting their information from an so that's extremely bad. This fucked is where up the company. Bad, bad part is. Yeah. yeah. And then also very early on in their process, there's a guy who's like a head scientist for them who I guess like they were patenting the technology and Elizabeth Holmes wanted to be on the patent, but she didn't really invent anything because she wasn't really that kind of scientist, but it was important that she be like the Steve Jobs like figurehead. And so they were going to go to court though. And they had like had a deposition against the guy who really did invent some of the technology. And he was going to have to like lie 
and say that she was like one of the inventors or like lie about how far along it was. He was going to lie in court and he couldn't handle the idea of doing that and he killed himself. Whoa. So oh someone, God. so there was like different levels okay, of casualties. So but like, yeah, there was like a lot of yeah. horrible stuff that wow. happened. Yeah. To think that he was between the government and Elizabeth Holmes and he couldn't, like, what was she going to do? Beat him up? I know. I know. He was afraid he was going to lose his job. And he, he was like a Cambridge PhD Damn. scientist. It's like, couldn't you, can't those people find other jobs? I don't know. No, they're low. They're what Eric Adams <laughs> called low skill. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised that you can't just go to the government and be like, look, she didn't invent it, but let her, I can, I'm okay if she's on the patent. It doesn't bother me if she's on the patent. The government's like, okay, if it doesn't bother you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm totally. saying? Like, why is the government? It's yeah, it's, it's like, it's your patent. You can put whoever you want yeah. on there. <laughs> I don't care if you made it, if she made if it. If only yeah. he had kept himself alive for a little longer, he could have seen. He could have seen that. Yeah. 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 Well, it's sort of, I think the question, at least that I've, it's been raised whenever I've like delved into the, the story is that like, is she evil? Is she an example of evil or is she like just a symptom of a thing that everyone kind of does is mm. symptomatic of a culture that everybody does. Mm. And she's just like an, ex- maybe an extreme example of it. I totally. think she's evil. Huh? Okay. No, I'm joking. Flute yeah. Is evil. Yeah. Well, you know, well, the one of the other evil parts of it was like in the end, these things coming to light depends on like a couple low-level employees who don't have any money or legal protections right. coming forward and whistleblowing and getting like harassed to the point of like human misery by the most evil and competent lawyers in totally. the United States. Totally. And like that's exactly what happened. It was just like two lab people who were like doing the illegal clinical tests who were like, hey, we're not supposed to do this. And they're like, shut the fuck up. Right. Uh, like you signed an NDA and like we'll make your lives like horrible. Yeah. If, totally. if you say anything. But those people said something anyway and like came out. And I think out of their own ignorance thinking that like, oh, I'll just get a burner phone and call the Wall Street Journal. And it's like, no, no, no. These people are like too, way too powerful. Wow. <laughs> they will find you. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, so what happens to them? Um, so they just got harassed by a legal team oh. and like made to go to court and pay half a million dollars in like legal fees to protect themselves and like all this crazy stuff. In the end, once the like stories came out, they were safe because then suddenly the company had to turn its attention to the fact that like they had all of these um, claims that they were going to have to go to court over and they were no longer like preoccupied with like a guy right. you know, who said something. Yes. Um, but it was like scary for them while it was still like everyone thought this was this incredible world changing company. And there's like two people who are like 25 being like, well, I actually think. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you yeah. know, on one hand, yes, I do agree. You know, she is a symptom because I remember, you know, the Firefest documentary, another version of this yeah. right over promise under deliver. What's the other one? The. We work, work. we yep. work, love that shit yeah. like that. Enron, but she chose the wrong thing because with you can't you can't fake the science, right? If you are in, if you make an app, right? You're like this app, it's gonna have all these features. You can listen to music on it, whatever. Then you don't deliver. Ah, oh, the music's you know you can't. Right. Music sounds all right. tinny. Well, you know you can kind of you can kind of fudge that one. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, we make the music on there. If it's a website, you know, we'll put the title big or whatever. But with science, you can't fuck around. It no. either tests the blood. Or it don't test the blood. There's no way to fake it. Uh, yeah. So she picked the wrong. She picked the wrong place. To it's lie. true. And even in watching the documentary again, I was like, oh, the WeWork documentary is so much funnier because like what they're trying to do is so asinine. Like first, just make office spaces, and then make office spaces that you also live at and have your entire life be at. Like if that's yeah. just comical. But like people's blood work and like their livelihood. Yeah, that's like. 
Well, I saw someone the other day who said that they had worked at WeWork. And I said, oh, I saw the documentary. And I said, oh, WeWork must be, they're fucked up now, right? Yeah. They're not. She's like, no, they're like at the peak. They're like really, they're doing really well. Mm. And I thought, I thought once a documentary comes out about you, it, it's cooked. over. It's yeah. over. <laughs> Embarrassing. I guess not. Yeah. It, it's also funny though, because science transversely is also a perfect place to do a scam because it's like, it's already a, a shrouded Mm. Uh, gatekeeping field so yeah you can you can more easily trick a bunch of old conservative men you you tell henry kissinger we're gonna give you magneto powers (laughs) he doesn't have any way to double check that (laughs) literally exactly (laughs) Exactly. that's possible yes yes in the documentary they talked to this professor at stanford who's like the first person that um elizabeth holmes went to to be like here's this idea that i have and the woman was like oh there's like no scientific i remember this like support for what you're trying to do like i don't really know how to help you like there's nothing here you're thinking about the entire thing incorrectly and so sends her away and is like because the box is too small or (laughs) why why is it why did she see through the ones and zeros um i think because elizabeth holmes didn't like really have a medical background and like originally she was suggesting doing something with antibiotics we could have antibiotics like in a patch that you would put on your skin and the woman was like that's not the way the chemicals react like Mm. it's not a reactive agent yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. like you can't do that so it was a different idea but it was like fundamentally you'd yeah. You're just you're thinking like ten thousand steps ahead to something yes. that doesn't isn't based in like yes. any reality. And so she sends her to like someone um, in a different department to be like, maybe you should go to this advisor. And she goes to some old man who is so moved by like the intensity of the way that she is that he's like, I think I'm talking to the next Steve Jobs. It basically kind of signs on to support whatever she Whoa. wants to do. Yeah, which wow. is so the opposite of like the first reaction she got. And then almost every person supporting her is like a really old man who was like, oh, she was just an innovator and she was charming, you know, wow. and like all this stuff. Yeah. Is she charming to you, Sarah? Do you see what it what's they're talking about? I can see why she's so strange that if you met her, you might be like, wait, this might something. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely yeah. strange. <laughs> you're wow. definitely the next yeah. something. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Something's going on with the way that she's you are. She's weird as hell. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. She is so strange. That is fascinating. Yeah. So she, yeah. She charmed all these old men. Yeah. Oh, old so. men. They're such. They're so easy to get. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I'll say one other thing that I thought from the film, which is that her dad, I think, was like involved in Enron, you know, which is this other massive sure. company that was like did fraud and um, infamously. And it just makes you think that like, oh, she really does come from a world where like, not only do you say you're going to do a bunch of stuff that you don't know whether or not you can do it or not, but maybe you also think of like. Uh, being bogged down in like legal issues and having the feds come and investigate you is just like part of right. It's part of it. The it's how you got to get your hands dirty. <laughs> Water off a, off yeah. a duck's back. Got to break like, a few eggs. Yeah, and like the lawyers who are engaged in like this kind of stuff are like part of their social circles and like on their boards and like that's just the way of life. Is yeah, yeah. They get a job. They get something to do. Totally. When the feds yeah. get totally. involved, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's that's their bread so, and butter. Yeah. Um. Well. I'll I'll say one thing to your point, Sam, and then I'll read these charges. Yeah. There's not that many, and they're not that interesting. But <laughs> the documentary does go into who does it? It describes her story parallel to 
Oh, Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison, who yeah. also overpromised and then delivered, right? He's like, the light bulb, it's going to, you know, it's going to light up your house. It's going to be a little yeah. bulb. But he doesn't quite have the light bulb yet. They come to see the light bulb and he's kind of like jerry-rigged it, you know, yeah. it's very delicate. Right. But then he gets the light bulb made. So it's like, well, you know, he did it. So maybe she could have done it. That's she could have done it. She could have done it. Right. Right. Well, it's it gets back to the issue in, in, in my head, which is like, you know, do you persecute the person? It's is it their fault or is it or, or is it the are they just a, a window by which we see the the world, our own world and how it's evil? At I a think, wide scale. And I, th- I, think I think it's the person. True. I think it's just no. the person. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, and once we get her, then we'll be done, done with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And it's then done. we won't have that we'll evil all stop around. Her <laughs> 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 and we'll be right. safer and happier right. here in the safe world. Yeah. So, Libby, th- can you make the chat a little yeah, bigger? Because yeah. it's popping off. Sabina's here. Good morning, Carly, Lucy. What are, What is everybody doing up so early in the morning? If you want to answer that question in the chat. So uh, let's see. They're kind of talking with each other, talking about personas, and that's encouraged. That's yes, okay. That's yeah, encouraged. Just talk <clears throat> Have fun. So the charges Holmes was found guilty of include one count of conspiracy to defraud investors. Okay, <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> as well as three wire fraud counts tied to specific investors. Now, what is wire fraud? What's a a wire? You say it's going through a wire, and it's not. I guess it's uh, going through a little tube mm. or <laughs> a box or a box. Different cylinder. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Okay. Well, that makes sense. She faces up to 20 years in prison. Ah, don't love, don't like to see it. As well as a fine of twenty five, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow. Nothing. Not that much. <laughs> it's a nine billion much. dollar company. Not that much. Yeah. Nine billion. Yes. No. Plus restitution oh. for each count. So say that she, with the wire, she said, Hey, I'm wearing you a million. Psych. Now she's got to get the million. You see oh, what I'm saying? Shit. Damn. And here she is with her partner, whose name is uh, Billy Evans. Oh, poor Billy. Poor she was Billy. met with a sea of cameras and reporters, but did not Does comment. she look um, penitent? Hard sad. to say. You know, she's got a, she's got a Rona mask, so, okay. you know. So she's living in the same time line as we are in. Oh. Where Elizabeth Holmes is, yes. there is also COVID. Yes, COVID COVID strikes the rich and the poor alike. Yes. And Elizabeth Holmes is no exception. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to make COVID go away. Yeah. That's what she should have said. Yeah. Wow. If she, yes, she could have said that. There, I sometimes, like, you know this show Selling Sunset on um, Netflix? It's a real estate yes. reality show. Yes. Um, they released, like, a full season of it several months into COVID that they had obviously filmed, like, right before. But it made it seem, but they laid it out as if, like, the time it was happening was, like, live to reality but that no but no one had covid and so it was as if cool. they lived in a world That's where covid cool. didn't last. Yeah. yeah and even now as they release further seasons like occasionally you'll see in the corner like a waiter or something like wearing a mask but like they almost never have anyone in masks on camera and you're just like damn somehow in a selling sunset micro universe Everything's fine. Fan theory. Selling yeah. Sunset happens in a universe where COVID does not exist. Right. <laughs> Fan theory. You know, it's funny because a lot of, there was a lot of TV that was like, we're going to do the COVID. You know, it's like, there's a movie about COVID. Yes. Like, love and COVID. Seven stories of strangers and COVID. <laughs> and everyone that was like, good, dude. No, no, it does not. <laughs> it sounds cringe. And then the other way to go, COVID didn't happen. There's no, no interesting stories to be told there. Move on. Yeah. And that's what Selling Sunset did. It's, it? Well, it's always like, I think that 
the thing is it will it's always more interesting to tell the COVID story after like the most interesting COVID story will happen will be created like 10 years down the road mm. when, the, when we know when yes. we know what to mm. say about COVID yes. but the, the jury's still out about it yeah. you know yeah you I'll that. give my personal update on COVID and then we can talk about New Year's you know because we did the hard news now yeah. the soft news. <laughs> too soft news but I'll say this I've had a strong intuition I have a strong intuition always and I especially do about COVID and I'm usually right about whether I have it or not I always think I don't have it and I never do um, but last night I thought I'm about to get it I really think I'm gonna get what it what made you yeah. say that I just got a feeling suddenly I was like I'm just gonna get it now like my time has come I just sensed it I I would not put too much weight on your prediction you're the Elizabeth why, Holmes why of did he say that <laughs> <laughs> why did he say he wouldn't put too much weight on my prediction I don't know <laughs> yeah why did you say that Felipe well because and I say this as one myself but you know you're a bit of a hypochondriac in it yeah well you know <laughs> you I, I think I'm gonna accent, get it so. <laughs> I'm gonna get it from Felipe Felipe went to a birthday party last night and then it's gonna come to my birthday dinner and and Sam went to the birthday party too. And why would I be the one? Because well, I've already had. He's T ninety, and I also just got the booster. I yeah, COVID in July, but you didn't have Omicron. So. Yeah, but I have the you're I have the very flexible spitting fire you. at you right now. I and you're like, uh, 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 where's my gun? Where's my gun? <laughs> she got me. She got my. Yeah, don't even. Read. She's yeah. doing her ultimate. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, how was New Year's? How was everybody's New Year's? I mean, we were together. Oh yeah. Well, shit. <laughs> Then what's there to say? Well, shit. <laughs> what's there to say? I already know what your news is like, got Sam. So <laughs> sick. You got fucked up, dude. I was throwing up for twenty-four hours afterwards. Has was... anyone ever been that hungover before? In the chat or in this room? Twenty-four hour hangover. Of Vo- vomiting. Of vomiting. Like it's it had to have been something else, right? I, I think you got food poisoning. <clears throat> I think the longest I've ever been hungover was after New Year's, and it was like till five p.m. the next day I was throwing up, but, but not twenty four hours. You were vomiting till like three p three a.m. of the third of the uh, second at like day. one in the morning of the following day. I was throwing up, so it was like a full wow. twenty four hours. I think wow. he got food poisoning. This is no, and they're people in chat are saying they that they have had that. I I I was walking with Felipe down Tompkins Avenue before our night began and we were like buying alcohol and we were buying like mixers and I was like, you know, I want to have a fun New Year's Eve but like I really don't want to get that drunk cuz I don't want to do I don't want to do the whole hangover thing. So mm, I don't want to do that. I'm going to take yeah. it easy tonight, yeah. you know, and I got the sickest I've ever been. That's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah, you fucked up. We had a very small <laughs> gathering, and Sam went exceptionally hard for no reason. I know. Yeah, he and didn't it wasn't just even understand like understand the assignment. Yeah, he did not understand. <laughs> Which was just to have a nice time with some of your close. Friends. And it wasn't even like you were wild and like, can I say that you did a, yeah, some drugs? I did a couple of different drugs. You did a bunch of drugs, and it wasn't even like you were like, yeah, you know, you weren't like hype. Yeah, you no. were kind of on a couch. You looked normal. And he wait, kept saying, "I don't feel anything." Wait, I don't feel wait anything. so wait, so are you guys getting on my ass? Because I was like visibly fucked up. No, at the thing. no, no, exactly. No, no, <laughs> exactly. no. I mean exactly so the other so don't thing. Don't say later that I had it coming. Okay. No, and no, no. I was, I was obviously heading down a road to perdition. No, because that. I was no fine. No, no, no. I was no. fine. What I'm trying to say is that okay, if you take 
you know, one drug, two drugs, you would think that after each drug, suddenly a whole new fun facet or, you know, and your we see your eyes lighting you know, up with beauty and fun. I have a big doughy body and it takes a long time for chemicals to react inside yes, of me. That's okay? right. That's exactly that's what I... That's the science. Okay? Yeah, well, I guess not because it took 24 hours to stop vomiting <laughs> the chemicals that... Yeah. Wow, you were really wilding out for no reason, but not externally, just... Yeah, it wasn't like you were like, guys, let's do a fucking shot. You were like (laughs) sitting, chatting with us. You danced with us. You were like... I was totally fine. Yeah. You were dancing really competently too. Yeah, I wasn't wilding out. I was being normal. And I I was having normal thoughts. I remembered... I remembered a lot of the things I said. <laughs> like it was, <laughs> it was a normal ass time. If people in the chat who were there can confirm that I was being normal, yes. I think you, you. I think you guys are just a bunch of virgins, and you, when you hear that I do drugs, you go, you go <laughs> yeah, "What you had the fuck in, is you had no. Yeah, you, you want to dance with the devil? Yeah. I feel no ways about it. I just, I was just sad to see my friend. <laughs> So fucked up. So fucked up and yeah. so much Yeah, it's pain. funny. I didn't even like check in with you. I only just heard about it like two days later. Horrible. I lost the whole day of my well, life. Well, there was yeah. no reason to On check in. On the first in. day of the year. Exactly. There's no reason to check in. You didn't. It, it wasn't bad. like we like you carried totally you home bad. on my shoulder or something. Yeah. yeah. No, I got out of the car and was fine. And even when we were went into my bedroom and I fell asleep, I was like, I felt totally okay. You went to sleep. You thought tomorrow's going to be the best day of my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's so sad. Uh, <laughs> awful. Yeah. When you throw up that much, there's points like where you, you get to throwing up like the tenth, eleventh time, and you're just like crying over a trash can, and your body doesn't have anything <laughs> left in it, mm. and you're just like you're brought. Lo- I said this to Felipe, but you you're 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 close to God in those moments because yeah. you're like. You're just like I'm so low. That's right. And like I don't, I I'm 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 in the liminal state between being alive. I'm a and leaf dead. in a hurricane. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're like yeah. this could all end now. And yes. It would be okay. <laughs> I don't need to be on this earth yeah. anymore. You know, you just you're so facing mm-hmm. the storm head on and completely bliss about it because it's awful. Totally. To be alive. That's Jesus. funny. I remember <laughs> the first time. Um, my friend and roommate Peter got like really drunk in high school and like had to throw up a lot. I remember him like coming into school and describing it to me and being like, yeah, I was just like sweating, lying on the cold bla- bathroom floor and feeling like this is like what a rock star's life is like. <laughs> um, and so anytime that that happens to me, I always think that I'm like, oh, this is just a rock star's lifestyle and it makes me feel better. <laughs> Man, that sucks. I don't even get that. Like once your stomach has expelled the thing that was in there, why does it keep retching? I was wondering that too as I was in that state and I think what I what my theory is is that the the the, the body's kind of rudimentary so when it senses that something is in it needs to expel something from the body it there's a little switch called the throw up switch mm, gets flipped. And, it, and it turns the switch on and it's just and then the guy just leaves mm. and he he leaves sure. it there goes, for about yes. 24 hours he takes a break yeah exactly he's yeah. like I'm going to turn on the switch and then 24 hours later, the switch comes off. <laughs> but it doesn't have anything to do with what I see in the stomach. Good stuff can come in it. Bad stuff can come in it. But the switch wow. is on. Yeah, it's like, oh, there's a bunch of water and vitamins. Get them out of here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a bunch exactly. of electrolytes the that the body know. needs. No, get them out of here. Yeah. The body doesn't know. Oh, thank God. Now it's like water and safe. ramen noodles. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's yeah. a nice greasy chicken. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's funny. I had a funny New Year's because... 
I think for like the last couple of New Year's, not last year, but the ones before that, I usually like will either actually have a headache or I'll pretend to have a headache and I won't do anything because <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't like the holiday. I don't like the stress. I hate the vibe of like everyone getting texts from everyone you know being like, what's the move? What's the move? Yeah. Like that's no, annoying. I hate New Year's. And like you do, I just don't have a good time on New Year's and I don't like the idea of celebrating the passage of time. It's too freaky and like the <laughs> countdown and everything about it is too much. So I was like, I'm not going to do anything. And then the Omicron stuff happened. We were going to do like a big party at Life World, but Omicron <laughs> happened. So we decided we weren't going to do that. And um, then they wanted to have like a really small gathering and um for just like basically us to get together and even that i was like i don't want to plan it i don't want to have anything to do with it and but it was happening nonetheless and as the little like days were going by i was noticing like okay no one seems to really be doing anything like has anyone been invited or any plans made do we get decorations or food do we get drinks all this stuff but i was like i said i didn't want to do anything so i'm not doing anything and they're not going to make me do anything and then it just kept getting closer and closer i kept getting more and more stressed out being like come on you guys you gotta like if you're gonna invite people you gotta do it um and then i was getting like pissed off because i was like it always gets left to me i always have to do it in the end it's me and so finally like maybe 10 hours before new year's i texted alex and was like all right what do i need to do to make this like thing happen and he was like everyone already was invited and the whole thing is already nice happened. We thought you didn't want to come you were riling um, yourself up i was being delusional yeah. i was getting riled up <laughs> and i was being um addicted to uh my impact on like other people's lives yeah. and right. people's business you're being a diva i was being a diva and it was crazy and it was very embarrassing it was a private embarrassment and i was like god if you knew what i went through all day wow. thinking like, god, they i've been grinding my teeth <laughs> Alex is like it's all done yeah it took no work totally yeah well there was a ton of pizza at it and i liked and i liked that i was happy about that yeah that was my only contribution i hate when there's an energy of like there's not enough food and the people who are like self-interested fend for themselves and the people who are generous and community oriented don't get enough and then there's just like mm. this really negative energy. So mm. that's why you bought like easily 10 pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> there 10 was people. a lot of pizza <laughs> there. Yeah. Was there any leftover? There was so much left. Most of it was left. Nice. There was like six entire pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I left a loaf of bread there. That's right. Did you see it? Yes. It's probably stale by now, it's right? Stale. Oh, yep. fuck. Did all the pizzas get eaten? I hate to see pizza like No. Wait, you didn't take it back to someone's house? No. You threw it, it away? They were huge. Oh my, god. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! You throw them away? Yeah. There's a fridge in Life World. That's fucked up, Sarah. Pizzas. That's the thing Giant I hate. Pizza. That's no, the thing yeah, I hate. Throwing okay. away food. Okay. 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 Yeah. You, don't yeah. you don't have Tupperware. You don't have Tupperware. You pile the slices on top of each other so that they take up less space. You think your community or I got throw all the pizzas. Six fine in a pizzas. community, people have different roles. I gather all the pizzas. It's someone else's job to store the excess pizza. Just say you should have said. You gotta see the pizza through. You should have said take this pizza home. Home, Sam. No way. I already took and all I, the when COVID we tests that were there. <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually? Yeah. yeah you have to give those back. Yeah, <laughs> those are all back. mine. I'll it give was, them back. It was so funny <laughs> that we got there and there were people taking rapid tests. <laughs> it was like it was like you're here, and I thought, wow, if they got a positive test, they're gonna have to walk out of this party that they walked into. <laughs> Thank you, Lucy. You cannot fit six pizzas in Tupperware. Well, but you can p- fit two. I would have taken the pizza home. We would have taken the pizzas. I would have taken the pizza home. Someone should have had something. If, some, if someone had had an I, I mean, this is on us too, you know. Well, no, because yeah, we didn't think the whole community. I thought it's the pizza the was going to go in the I was fridge. so fucked up. 
<laughs> now you're Would fucked never up. Have occurred to me. A minute ago, you were saying how the drugs didn't do shit because of your huge that's, that's body. That's the first piece of evidence I've heard. You know, to just say that wow, I really must have been fucked up because I didn't think about taking the taking pizzas. those right. pizzas. That's so funny. I wondered where all the COVID tests went. I was like, who would have taken these? Yeah, I have and them. I see, have them. so this is what I worry about. When there's not enough materials, certain people will take what's not theirs. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm a big I'm an alpha male and stuff. So you know, mm-hmm. when the times are tough, Sam needs at least three COVID <laughs> tests to find out if he has COVID. That's because yeah. he's so big and he has yeah. so much mass. He needs to do a bunch. <laughs> I'm like the guy in that gorilla costume. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when I went home, my dad was all mad about because I guess people are hoarding at home. COVID COVID tests. People oh, go to CVS and they buy a ton. And my dad doesn't like that. He was really mad of during course. when uh, people were hoarding toilet paper too. And in retrospect, it was insane that people were hoarding toilet. It was not yes. a big deal. But it's not the people's fault, huh? It's not the people's fault. It's what the media is saying. Toilet paper is about to run out. Hoard it as much as you can. Yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> wet and well, dirty. Well, they've had the announcement to hoard. <laughs> it's also to true look out for your asses, guys. It's <laughs> also true about tests. It's not people's fault because testing is shitty and there's not enough of it. They destroyed the tests. That's what they're saying in the news. What do you mean? Uh, some of the companies that make the COVID test destroyed their excess inventory so that they could keep the price. Really? High. Yeah, that's what they're saying. I believe it. And on top of it, the tests aren't even that are accurate. No, the the they ho- are. at-home tests are not that no, accurate. No, I think they are. They've gotten They're better. 100%. They've gotten better? They're 100%? They're, They're very, 100%. Very, very good. No, because there's also human error. If you take a test which is and hot. you get a negative, you can do whatever you want after that. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right about that. I, I took, because I had COVID over Christmas, and I took the COVID test, and I like watched day by day my viral load like go down. Wait, and what that, do you mean? Like, like in the little line on the, the test? The, the strip, bright red, bright red when I had it. Like three days in, bright red. Then the next day, very faint. Whoa. Then the next day after that, even a little fainter. So you were taking Whoa. a COVID test every single day while you had COVID? Yeah, because I was with my mommy. And so you just wanted to confirm that you still had it? Well, we were waiting for a moment where we were like, well, is it low enough that we can go do stuff? You know? I see. Aww. But we kind of did stuff anyway. Yeah. <laughs> bad. Don't try to look into my eyes. Just kind of tacit. Sarah, Wait, we did no, stuff. No. <laughs> Sam my went to the water park. Know. Sam went to Six Flags <laughs> with his mom. <laughs> no, you better not. Uh, with COVID at the paintball range. All right. Did you guys read the article for? I did. No, I <laughs> didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, uh-huh. Felipe. Now you have to question us about you, trauma again. Uh-huh. The thing you hate the most oh yeah. to talk about. Yeah, and he doesn't like to have to learn from us. He yeah, likes to he, tell us. He likes to tell. Us. Just some yeah, care alert conversation. That. I'll say this. Get ready because I'm about to shoot from the hip. I read a different article on trauma, actually. And, and uh, I read a different different He's article on trauma in Harper's. And it was incomprehensible. <laughs> By a man whose name I believe is Will Fall. Will Funny Fall. name, right? It sounds huh. like a verb. Sounds like a verb in the future tense. Will fall. That's funny. Will Needman also sent me a funny text about this because I checked in with him because he sent us the article that we were supposed to read. Ugh, but there's too many texts. And I was this we're supposed to read nonsense. If you ever want to give us homework (laughs) to to do on the podcast, just send send all three of us the article and maybe we'll talk about two of us will read it and the third person won't and we'll talk about it. Let me just uh, skim the article while we uh, No no no. I'm looking I'm skimming something on my phone, so you have to Nope. Okay. (laughs) And you know I and you know I'm so good at skimming. The article is called 
The Key to Me. And it's about something called the trauma plot. Yeah. And whether the trauma plot is overplayed. What is the trauma plot? Whether it's overplayed, <laughs> whether, you know, the trauma... Well, I, you know, I want to set it up without giving away the thesis. But um, what, where does the trauma c- plot come from? And why is it so popular right now? And if it is overplayed and too popular, what's the antidote? These are the questions that the article, The Key to Me, asks. Yes. If you found Damn, I found that the thing that <laughs> I think this, book, this article is too um, long for me to skim. I said to Will, I'm going to read what you sent us to talk about on the podcast and not remind Sam and Felipe so they won't be able to come correct. And we'll have to shoot from the hip. <laughs> 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 Which is what Felipe just said. Um, and Will said, ooh, you better watch out. Sam just read it. And I said, no. And then Will said this, which I think is funny. Felipe seemed caught off guard, disturbed by one of the article's terms, calculated obscurity or something like that. No, 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 no. Oh, my God. I cannot believe. I cannot. So this is what it is. Sam comes out and he says, Will, here's a term for you. Uh, strategic opacity strategic oh, opacity whoa, yeah. and he says to Will it's, it's when it's a thing that Shakespeare did where he would write a character's motivations but wouldn't put them in the thing and here I'm hearing and I'm seeing the ones and zeros what's he talking about <laughs> he's always. talking about Simple Town <laughs> yeah. Sam no. is saying yep. Will next time we have an argument and Will and Felipe says this needs to be clear come, come at him with Shakespeare did it come right and I understood strategic opacity I understood that that was the subtext However, my mind was on something else. You didn't else. understand that, though. No, I understand. That was the subtext. And Sam was Everything's try- about Simple Town in the household. Sam was trying to get my goat. Sam was trying to get me riled up, yeah. arguing that yeah. that was bullshit. However, I was, I was nonplussed. I was not bothered because my mind was on something else, on, some, on the sunny climbs of the, of the Caribbean islands. And I thought, uh, I don't have anything to say about that. Sure. And I said, huh. Okay, Sam goes back in the room. So for Will to say that I was caught off guard is for him to impose, for him to impose his reading. He thought, oh, Felipe got owned. And I did not get owned. I just thought, I know what he means. Okay, I'll, let's be more abstract in our simple town stuff. Okay, whatever. He's just dis- <laughs> called you disturbed. You're disturbed. I was not disturbed. Feathers ruffled much? I was not disturbed. Because you're afraid of strategic capacity. You don't know how to do that. All you know how to do is be um, explicit. All he knows is be explicit, eat hot yeah. chip. Here's the key difference. Shakespeare wrote the fucking motivations. <laughs> he wrote them. He knew them. Even if they're not in the play, they exist somewhere. Somewhere. They're not just in someone's mind. Oh, this I this is happening because it feels right. They're somewhere. So that's the key difference. Yeah, that's right. That's the key difference. <laughs> yes, he wrote them and then he lopped them off. Right. So they exist know, out in the world. You know, I even I didn't even need the thing, the detail about how he he, he for some of his plays, it turns out he did write the thing i've always felt about shakespeare and i think a lot of scholars and actors feel this way it's like it's kind of mad confusing yes confusing why are they doing what they're doing and sometimes you sort of don't it's like reading the bible a little bit where you're like there's so much left out that you really have to rack your mind the creative uh faculties of your mind to think of why this person would do this and still it kind of doesn't make sense so totally 
all to say that I was even surprised that Shakespeare wrote the shit down because it was like, you know, there's a lot of opacity in some of his yeah. Anytime yeah. I read it's something... action. Anytime I read something old, though, and some character does something weird, I'm like... Ah, that must have been... That must have been normal, man. Yeah. Everybody normal. saw him do that. I'm like, that's what I would have done, too. That's what I would have yeah. done. We all would have done the yeah. same. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to we be... We all would have married our daughter and killed yeah. our mother. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so, so tell me what what is the gist of this article? Trauma plot, hot or not? It says not. 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 <gasps> yeah, Felipe, what the little hell? do you know, you're on the same page. Yeah, you're actually oh, on I, the exact same page. Well, I know because <laughs> yes. Well, any, any, do you know this rule that any time an article begins with a question, the answer is no. No, I haven't heard that. There's this principle that if an article says something like, "Are these shoes uh, still in style?" something like that, the answer is always no. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Well, I take that. No follow-up questions on that. I okay. That. <laughs> so tell me the article. One point for Felipe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the point of the article is that um, I guess it kind of follows through the like <clears throat> rise of the concept of trauma in like both the way that people are <clears throat> diagnosed with things medically. Like it starts with... Um, kind of the idea of people being traumatized to talk about this thing called railroad spine but i didn't really get what that was well there was something that was happening in the like they were saying 60 years before virginia wolf was alive so whatever year that was. <laughs> sure <laughs> you, that's right medieval medieval times yeah, 1960 medieval times. <laughs> any period no way to know um, <laughs> in the olden times that people would have um hallucinations and like strange emotional states that were being explained by this idea of like some bad that happened to them they were like maladjusting to and then they had like um people who responded poorly to being in, in in war but it wasn't seen as something that like you should really like feel bad these people about it was like oh they're just like morally like ill-adjusted and uh like it's their fault yes uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and then it kind of evolves like post-vietnam war to be like oh no this is like something awful that happens to people uh that needs to be treated and like has hundreds of different symptoms and like ways that it can manifest and it also spread at that same time to be related to like people who've experienced particularly like sexual violence because the vietnam war is happening at the same time as like the women's rights movement mm -hmm. um in the 60s and 70s and then it just kept expanding further and further out from that until now like the dsm has like hundreds of thousands of sim like symptom combinations that could be trauma and then like in terms of like cultural and historical criticism it suddenly became like a word that you could use to describe like in a war the victims also the perpetrators also the reporters who wrote about it also the historians Can who get wrote it. about it all of those people could be like experiencing trauma um, from the so, same event from the same event and the word just became like wider and wider and then written into like the body keeps the score into like a very specific like that had a a specific like physiological form which is that idea of like dividing the body and mind which is they in this article they say is not really substantiated by like much scientific and research and in, in that book the idea is like you have an experience and then even if you forget the experience or it, you like cram it down your body's gonna go crazy anytime that your reality's cleaved yes your body and your mind are yeah so you're acting differently so your mind is like i'm okay and your body's like you're not okay we're about to have a <laughs> panic attack yeah and so then there's this influence on our a story making culture that's basically like the most interesting thing became not like f having a character who has a past but like what's happening into their future like where is the story going it became like oh a person's fucked up the most interesting thing you can do is like then reveal something that right. happened to them that like made them the way that they are 
Well, yeah. it was funny that it named all of the different media that has the trauma plot and it, it included a bunch of stuff. And I mean, it, at its most regular, it's just that thing halfway through the season where you see the flashback to the right, character's life. They talk about Ted Lasso. They talk about Ted Lasso, which I don't uh, even, what's his trauma? Wait, so have you read the article? Or? I what read, I read the first, like, <laughs> I read the first, like, three paragraphs. Wow. I didn't, didn't finish it. You, that didn't interest you to read further? No, it did. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm stacking my paper. <laughs> I got a tweet about uh, the break core thing yeah, on the PS1. The yeah. Yes. So, so um, they talk about how the trauma plot, along with the rise of a popularity of trauma as a concept that's yeah. that's gaining wider and wider jurisdiction and definition, there's simultaneously a thing that's happening in culture, which is the popularity of a thing called the trauma plot, and the trauma plot is the is. The character who has a, tr a traumatic in event in their past that's revealed throughout the story and is a kind of key to understanding why they do certain things. So you find out in Ted Lasso, I guess in season two, that the reason he's so upbeat is because he had like a traumatic experience, a traumatic childhood with his father. And what the the that's insane yeah well yeah. That's I, crazy. I that show is so lightweight and I've, all makes sense. I've seen yeah. one episode of that show it's so lightweight it's like this kind of happy-go-lucky guy and the fact that they have to reveal he was like yeah. abused it's like <laughs> and that fuck? yeah that's strange <laughs> and that the through the device of like flashbacks and of revealing the pat the story the meat of the story is about revealing a character's past as a way to unlock why they are the way they are in the present that's like the kind of trauma plot yeah. at its core. And then what the author then goes on to say is that basically that this is not only uh, it's over, not only is it overdone, like we have too much trauma plot going on in, in too much of our media right now, but also that it's a bad narrative device. It's essentially like it's an ex a cheap explanatory device for explaining why people are the way they are and that the and he has this whole thing about virginia wolf in the beginning but the point the author that, i think is actually a woman oh sorry yes I, i'm yeah, yes <laughs> oh, owned fuck wow. oh fuck Canceled. <laughs> yeah. you, you hear me taken off mic and go into the yep. corner of the room and the bullet goes in. <laughs> um so then the author says that God, my I was my momentum. Wow, was you were really on a roll. I know, I know. You were like so the, the author years says that in a this, this is a cheap, cheap device, and that uh, characters don't need explanation. And that actually, what's lovely and magical often about about looking at characters doing strange things is that you have to invent in your own mind as the audience member the reason why they do that, and you yourself are burdened with with inventing the explanatory the, the explanation yourself rather than it being spoon fed to you through like a flashback or an easily explanation like related to some sort of trauma event and this is sort of what he describes as sort of the magic of virginia wolf and of these other novelists uh that he mentions and and then and this is gets into strategic opacity which is that what shakespeare would do was he would write out character deals and explanations for why characters would do certain things but then omit them from the play 
so that the audience wouldn't understand why the characters would do certain things, but that they would see them do those things nonetheless. And that that is some, a kind of weaves a more complex web that's true to life rather than having this sort of like explanation. The, the character does the thing, you see why they did it. And it's sort of this like rudimentary kind of physics um, uh, like, like equation exact, yeah. uh, about how um, human behavior works. And then it, actually the world's filled with a lot more mystery. And that's that's kind of the sort of like final punchline yeah. of the, of the mm, article. Yeah. And they also put in, I mean, it's, mo- it's a cultural criticism and the like masterful parts of it are writing about media and stories. But they also include some like information about how like there's certain scientists who think that like, oh, actually people recover really well from trauma a lot of times and like there's a lot of growth that can happen to people after trauma recoveries and like all these other narratives that kind of counter this idea that like no we all have this trauma and you have it for the rest of your life and yeah it has all these negative effects on you forever and we just need to keep diagnosing people and treating their symptoms and like uh even quote some journalist name i can't remember who was like a war correspondent who had this kind of narrative that he was like i went through some really horrible things but i've like gained some kind of wisdom from these experiences and his doctors were like no that's not right like you've been traumatized and trauma is trauma and right you're you're, that's not how you're fucked up yeah you're you're fucked fucked up up. forever yeah exactly well it's interesting how the conclusion about art mirrors a sort of conclusion we can draw about life that's right so it's like trauma plot out trauma plot in our lives out as well yeah grow yeah yeah right so if something bad happened to you you can you can get over it easily, and don't try and make it into art. Yeah, that's, that's the <laughs> that's right. we're telling you. You're on reason. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. Then they were also saying that like it has made a lot of like pop cultural essay writing kind of weak because people will just sort of like comb through their lives to be like, what's the bad thing that happened to me that I can use as sort of my like way into being an essay writing pop culture critic who's yeah. experienced X violence in my life. Um, yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because it seems to me like the interest in the trauma plot has it's it's one is as a strategy, right? It's like a trope, just a trope that gains popularity. Oh, isn't it so easy halfway through the story to just reveal the thing in the past? That's yeah. an easy way to and it's lurid and insane. yeah, it's like yeah. the twist ending, right? Twist endings aren't at some point they were cooler, now they're a little lame. So you'd get the trauma, you know. It's just like a trope, yeah. right? But on the other hand, it, maybe it's like this contradictory impulse one the reason we're interested in trauma is because we have a society it's like well we should as much as we can try to avoid it try to like erase have a life that's like sort of free of of these avoidable events um and like be mindful or like create a society where these don't happen but on the other hand it's like however the trauma that has occurred should be sort of like permanently reified or like permanently sort of revisited so there's both like this kind of utopic desire to like what if we could live a life free from pain like aren't we as a society at the point where we could live a life free from pain if we just like took the right steps but on the other hand it's like but and so in order to do that we have to like revisit the pain that has occurred permanently like and whereas here what this article seems to be saying is the answer is no you don't live a life free from pain but once the pain has occurred you can live a life free from pain by like include folding it into your life and like moving forward yeah Mm -hmm. i I think that there is something there yeah they they do make a point in the article that's about um it's hard to criticize trauma plots because they're part of social justice movements and um 
the narratives are calling out the oppressive forces that be and saying that like these are are violent in all these different ways and harm people in all these different ways. So if you oppose them, you're opposing that social justice movement. Um, but then I think they they make the point that it's like it's just a different way to like contemplate what the meaning is of violent or bad things that happen to individuals that even like they kind of connected to the on narcissism, like the Freud thing and saying that like, it becomes like, it's my trauma. It's something that happened to me and it's my personal essay. Um, when we could be processing things like more collectively or yeah, just understanding yeah. the meaning of them differently. And they bring up that, um, I may destroy you, uh, series, which I think is really brilliant where after the main character experiences a sexual assault, she, she, one of the things that happens to her is she goes through this phase where she's like becomes really myopic and obsessed with describing her like uh, her own trauma narrative. And it like actually like shuts her out from other people mm. in her life. And she's like in, unable to see the things that are going on around her and the other things that are happening, the bad things that are happening to other people around her. Yeah, that's right. Um, which is a great show. I love that show. I haven't watched that. I've been scared to watch it because it sounds... It's intense, intense, but it's also yeah. really funny. So well, it's a cool combination. Yeah. It's a cool combination. Yeah. Alex wrote something funny in the chat. Alex wrote, I am gay because my mom is a bitch and my dad is a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Then that's his trauma. Then that's his trauma. <laughs> that's the keystone. <laughs> yeah. Great, great. So I'm glad people are internalizing what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good article. It's well, really it good is article. good. It is good. But and also I thought I thought to myself, oh, is this a conservative argument sort of dressed up in the in the colors, the sartorial style that we would like to see it in, you know? Frame it conservatively. What's the, the conservative, conservative thing is like uh, opposed get to social it. justice <laughs> movements. Yeah. yeah and <laughs> also like story essentially like, yeah, stop being Making... such a pussy about stuff. Mm. It doesn't yeah. matter that like you know, trauma has happened. Why is everyone making such a big deal about We should trauma? just like ob obfuscate <laughs> what happens in people's past. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Make it opaque. We don't want to hear about it anymore. Well, yeah. there's, you know, as you know, truth is dialectical. You know, you go for, you go to level two trauma a little bit, then you go to level three. Trauma doesn't matter. No, it's not. Then you'll go back to level no, one. Trauma not. is important. Yep. It's never, yeah. something never stays still. The article I read on trauma, incomprehensible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not. Incomprehensible. <laughs> the guy is trying to make the point that, um, I wish I remember what it was called, but he's trying to make the point that trauma is like a feature of modern life and that it has to do with modern technologies. That somehow, like, our, That's interesting. the fact that our time has been, like, segmented by things like the train and the clock and the, f and the photograph, like, our time has been kind of de- like mm. dismembered right like the train yes. takes us like across the world really quickly and we see the world passing by and the photograph mm. like uh preserves our memory and that trauma is like a sort of symptom of this but it's unclear if he means like in a literal sense or in a symbolic sense that's interesting because in the article they talk about like there's no documentation of people having trauma flashbacks until after film exists yes well that's what he says too he says there's no mind. actual like there's uh, you know there's these like revisionist readings of Macbeth that he has experienced trauma but he's like this this is not in the text because the thing he's like you know Shakespeare omitted it because Shakespeare, Shakespeare, Shakespeare would never Shakespeare, yes. Shakespeare would never <laughs> Macbeth has a lot of trauma <laughs> and he does this because of bad of yeah. trauma and a bad thing happened yeah, in his childhood and then he took that piece of paper and he crumpled it up and he put it in the trash <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, something about um, aesthetic choices that I was thinking about while I was reading the article that actually relates back to Elizabeth Holmes thing is that it begins with this like metaphor about uh, Virginia Woolf and a, looking at a woman on a train who's crying and like the way that Virginia Woolf approached writing stories. And then later they make this other connection to the original diagnosis of trauma being this thing called railroad spine and like this train motif or something. And as soon as I like saw that connection being made, I just started to get like pissed off. Like, <laughs> yeah, <I'm>, totally. <laughs> you're trying to get fancy. Yeah, because you're trying to get fancy. Because I just feel so exhausted. A little bit of this like aesthetic thing where it's like all things in the universe are like connected, and the truth is an understanding, like the symbiosis of how at every layer it's all a unifying theory. Yeah. You know that kind of approach to things. And then they did it in the Elizabeth Holmes documentary, like. Uh, Elizabeth Holmes said something about like feeling like her life was like a, a movie and then they connected to My Thomas Edison. Yeah, her life a movie. <laughs> um, they connected to Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison made the first early film. So then throughout the whole thing they have like old timey footage. Like even when they're showing like Elizabeth Holmes' childhood they're using like century old looking like footage of young people swimming and you're just like Oh, oh I thought that they would have put a filter on the yeah. footage so it looks old. They're in one interview she's like I'm a little hungry this morning. Mm. I want some breakfast. And then the director's like, ooh, breakfast. And then yeah. they like they show footage of like breakfast, <laughs> breakfast. being made. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't yeah. so you don't like you don't like a metaphor or an image yeah. at the center of, of a sort of documentary. Right. Or like when we were when watching. When it seems too cheap. If it seems too cheap and like overdone. If it I seems think. too cheap. Or like I would, yeah, I was just thinking about like, oh, I just don't like it. It just feels so like the thing to do now. I think there's more of a sense than ever probably in this era that like all bad things are connected which i think is true but we just have such a heightened awareness of like i don't know the flow of money around the globe and how imperialism is like part of our personal culture as well as part of like the monolith of the state that we live right. in and like all this just certain way of thinking which i think is correct um but sometimes when i see it replicated aesthetically in a way that seems kind of cheap it just like pisses me off um, but they actually didn't make it. The whole article didn't turn out to be about trains, <laughs> which is cool. But then I was also thinking that I was like, why am I so bothered by that, that kind of aesthetic choice? And I was like, oh, because I'm actually being kind of like internet hot take style where like anytime that I notice the emergence of a way of talking or thinking, it's always like, yeah. okay, now what's the next move on? We got to move brain, on galaxy brain. Move yeah. on, move on. We're done. We're done. And I was like, I'm actually being toxic. This is cool. There's a train in the beginning. There's a train in the middle. And if yeah. you see the caboose coming out yeah. at the end, that's yeah. nice. And they have a thing called nice. railroad spine. Yeah. And that's cool because trains go on railroads. What if the yeah. article, the the words had been formatted in such a way that they like made the shape of a train? <laughs> you know, like like concrete poetry, yeah, how they're yeah. like confined yep. by a train shape. Yep. That would have been cool. That would yeah. be cool. Well, funny, the article I read also has a kind of... A train? Oh, no, an over sort of... It starts and ends with the same paragraph the exact same paragraph <gasps> because it's about recursive like how trauma wow. comes back to us and so it, it has the same paragraph at the beginning and the end wow. and wow. i thought that's stupid as hell did you read the article because it was about technology <laughs> you need an angle like you're that. asking me why did i read this that one and not the one you yeah. sent one. the reason i read this one is because it was sent to me earlier and because i didn't know you we were going to talk about it in here ah uh. See, this is the thing about the. Ho did you read yeah. the article? You yeah. say, did you yeah. read the article? Yeah. As if we'd agreed to read the article. <laughs> and in fact, it wasn't until today at seven a.m. when I opened up my Instagram and I look at your story and you wrote, "I like to read the article before Sam and Felipe do." So they're <laughs> shooting from the hip, and I thought, "What? We're supposed to read this article?" <laughs> you gotta. We tacitly agreed by it coming in and we'll saying thank you. When we were on a Zoom call earlier this week, Sarah said. 
we need to start coming correct to the raising it and bring fire. We got to bring week. fire every week, and that's yeah. when I thought. I better read the article. Yeah. I better read the article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do want to say, cause I feel just like a little bit of anxiety from like ragging on the idea of like the trauma plot that like I, people's traumas is serious. It's and then the article serious. isn't even against people's trauma being yeah. serious. It's like people's trauma does matter. And so it matters oh the way we formulate stories about bad things that happen in the world well i think because it's important i think the question is like how yeah how do you how do you um frame something how do you construct an idea yes um and and does that construction help you or not because experiences can have all sorts of different names and all sorts of different cultures can have different words for them that's why it's interesting that it's like oh there's hundreds of thousands of symptoms of ptsd it's like okay so this is Lots of things, lots of different things, discrete experiences and right. that share some different connections that like they're making in the medical world to be like, oh, they're all connected by this idea of post-traumatic stress. Can, can I share a funny sort of like sure. a, a, ver- a, a version of this sort of like uh, how, how we conceive of things changing? Um, but like, you know, I, th- I think like back in 2016 or 2017, and this is all just temperature checks from like being on Twitter, right? But like the city of therapy, right? Like, I mean, in the, the thing was like, you got to go to therapy. And everyone that yeah. I was friends with, you know, it's like, you got to go to therapy. And there was like a big stigma if you were anti-therapy or if you're resistant to the idea of therapy. It was very stigmatized. Mm-hmm. And as time went on, I would see people joking more about like, oh, you know, like men don't go to therapy. And then I would see people on Twitter be like, I have like, I, or no, it's like men don't go to therapy. They like have a podcast, right? That was like, men are resistant to therapy. And then uh, an answer I would see to that is like, like what's wrong with just like talking to your friends or like having people, you know? So there was like the beginning of like kind of a, a sort of counter to yeah, the yeah, therapy yeah. thing, but it was sort of laughed at. And recently I've been seeing more of this, like, no, this therapy, hege- this therapy hegemony is like kind of silly. I've seen it more. And the sort of, sort of nail on the coffin or the thing that I saw that I was like wow it's so interesting was this account from survivors of the Rwandan genocide who said how after after the Rwandan genocide um, western therapists were sent to Rwanda to treat the the people there Mm. and there was this account from a man who was like these therapists sucked i'm paraphrasing but it was like they took us into these dingy rooms and made us talk about how sad we were i thought they were gonna say it was awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what i thought too when i opened it up i yeah and it was like the 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 therapist sucked they took us into a dingy room where they made us talk about how sad we were and all the shitty stuff that had happened it and this is i'm paraphrasing but it was like there was no dancing there was no spending time with the community there was Aww. nothing to get your blood flowing there was no nothing no talk about spending time in the sun so this was the rihannan being like yeah. in our culture this is what healing means yeah. and everyone was sharing it. everyone was going banana or you know it had like a yeah, bunch of yeah, shares yeah. and it was like whoa yeah like this is fire this is that fire and i'm like this is that fire. This is this is what the anti-therapy like sentiment is. It's like, oh, you c- like jogging and having friends and being out in the world can be a kind of healing. Uh, like f- for a, for different kinds of people, it can be healing. No, he didn't say jogging. He said dancing. <laughs> he said dancing, he jogging, climbing, no, and skateboarding. Jog. Yeah, and being on your computer and yeah. doing rips yeah. from GTA <laughs> to build your 3D digital yeah. universe. Yeah. But anyways, that's just me saying two things. One is like, isn't it funny how how things over time this through this process like a yes. thing is not a thing isn't good in and of itself. The, like discourse around 
around it switches but i was like okay when the rwandans say it you're down with it but like you know if well, some guy on, if some guy on twitter is like hey i don't want to go to therapy i want to hang out with my friends it's like Fuck he's an guy. idiot you know Fuck it's like so so this so with why am i bringing that up because it's related to this trauma thing you know it's like you know maybe we're on level two maybe we'll be on level three yeah. tomorrow it'll be different yeah that's funny it reminds me of um i've told i think both of you about this like outside of soho rep when julia and peter and brian were doing their play there was like i think an art gallery across the street and it was like on the third floor or something and they in the window they had an installation that was like a digital signboard that has a scrolling message from a man who i guess is like a some kind of like maybe indie pop musician or something and he writes sad songs and people always sit, like dismiss his work by i guess being like oh sad boy well, all this stuff you're saying was written on the all this on background the was board. in the e-board like going but he was writing this letter to the public basically being like people always say my music is like sad boy music and it just feels really dismissive to me because like a lot of men in my life like have killed themselves from their inability to like express their feelings so like why when the man is trying to like express this feeling of sadness through this form is it then also being dismissed by it's like you can't win uh either you're a sad boy or you're a repressed boy um and i was like waiting for someone to come see this play with and i watched it maybe like three times and i didn't think it was like any profound work of art but i was like that's true um and then it's just a little led board yes it's just a little led board and then this person that i was seeing the play with came and i like pointed it out and i showed them and they were like oh yeah boo-hoo they read it yeah they had this big fuck you and i was like how can you be like that it's so it's not even like it's a board on the third floor of a building in the street like you're allowed to look away if you don't want to read it like <laughs> yeah. it's so unobtrusive it's so not like boo-hoo it's just like hey if you just want to read this as it scrolls by like yeah. just, just like <laughs> yeah and it just seemed so mean to me i was like this is so obviously true how can you just like boohoo this person right and to do yeah. the exact thing that the board says exactly not to do. exactly it's crazy exactly. um and something else i want to say is kind of sincere about the article was that remember so we, last week we talked about last show we talked about the body keeps the score folks if you haven't heard that episode oh just check it out because check that, that one out and talk about bringing fire to we'll the talk podcast. about instant classic episodes instant, Felipe instant hadn't didn't know classic. anything about that didn't listen to the podcast he was quivering in his knickers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was trying to make it about freud so that way he could be the master i shot it right out of the yeah. sky yeah, like a duck control the arena <laughs> when you have galaxy brain like me you don't need to read the article you yeah, already know true. what it's about <laughs> um but i like listened to this podcast i'd never read the body keeps the score i just sort of knew of it and as i was listening to the podcast i was like oh i guess i don't have trauma because it does really does not fit the definition of like what this book is saying that trauma is, which is this idea that the body and the mind get cleaved and your body reacts in a way that your mind can't understand because of basically repressed, I think usually memories. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's not really me. Um, <laughs> and then that ain't I, me. I read the article this week and I was like, Oh, this is, I see myself here. Like there are certain things that are being evoked that I was like, I relate to that. I relate to that. And then I was just thinking about like, it doesn't mean that the definition in the article was more accurate. It was just like, Oh, this is opening up the narrative to include like just more things or it's a more interesting to me way of like understanding yes. my relationship with what happened rather than like really strictly defining it in these like physiological terms. But maybe that does work for other people. Um, but I yes. just thought, I thought it was, I liked reading it. It made me feel like I got, like, got my sort of experience back where I was like, oh, wait, okay. I am traumatized. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, phew. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, and the point that the article makes is, is, and this is the thing you were, you were really trying to harp on last episode, Felipe. And, and I think also what <laughs> your, sorry, your, sorry, Rwanda, I, was I was before my time. Your Rwanda yeah, thing is about, which is that everything, 
we experience is culturally understood. There isn't like a lens outside of a kind of a cultural mechanism for which we understand what's happening to us. And those things go in and out of vogue. Well, this was an interesting thing I remember reading was like, and, and this is true about what's called now PTSD for soldiers coming back, which is that throughout history and the different wars, the way that PTSD was experienced was was different. Like, I think, I believe after World War One, people would shake. Mm. They would, like, shake a ton. And then, you know, after Vietnam, we have, you know, the nightmares or whatever, or the, like, anger. And connected anger. to that, connected to that, <laughs> so that's one box. I've never felt anger before. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, yeah. Connected to that, the idea of, like, when, when Freud was talking about hysteria, was this, like, set of symptoms that we, like, don't recognize today. That was, like, I don't, you know, I don't know anyone that has hysteria, or, or obviously that... Um, not only do we think of that diagnosis as like outmoded and sexist or whatever, but also that set of symptoms um, we don't recognize. And I remember reading somewhere that like there's there's a term for it, but like it's like sometimes psychological um, like syndromes will appear in a culture that a lot of people seem to share, but that after a while they go away. And the suggestion is that somehow there's like a kind of like that sort of psychological syndromes can be like contagious, culturally yeah. contagious in a way. And that different like experiences can be metabolized by people in like th- ways that look physically the same, but that you would be wrong to think, oh, this is like a physical reaction that all humans across all of history will feel. Even physical symptoms yeah. will have a kind of cultural like context to them. Um, yeah. And I remember, I, this is maybe only anecdotal and for fun, but there's this wiki, funny wiki. This is for fun. This is just for fun. The rest of the podcast is yeah. <laughs> serious. <laughs> but this, this like thing that happened in like medieval Europe where people, there was like some syndrome where people started dancing, dancing. and couldn't yeah. dance yeah, yeah. until Saint they Vitus, died. The is that what it is? Yeah. I don't know if that's true. That's like a real like bazooka bubblegum factoid, yeah. you know? But like, yeah. but just, I find that compelling that like, even things that seem physical that you're like, this is probably diagnosable. There's probably some sort of like physiognomical like yeah. origin for this. It's like, no, it's actually, even that can be culturally yeah, sort of mediated. Yeah. That's funny. It makes me think of um, when I was a kid, I used to read girls life magazine, go off in the chat. If you read that. And, uh, I was pretty young, probably in like elementary, late elementary school and in middle school. And they would always have these really serious articles about, different types of eating disorders, different like uh, forms of depression, self-harm, all of this stuff that when I was that age, I like really didn't know about. And then I just got this sort of sense from reading this magazine that I was like, oh, there's all these horrors that like young women have to participate in that are things that I might not have ever even thought of. (laughs) But now I've read this article and I understand this sort of like way that things can go. If you start feeling this kind of way about your body or your life or your relationships with people that you're dating you can react in these yes it's in the toolbox now yeah Yeah. if it's if it's bad yeah Yeah. well it's funny because i've the more i hang out with sarah the more i suck on little pizza crusts uh and (laughs) (laughs) is is that a metaphor is you nibble on a sandwich nibble on little sandwiches yeah and then with a hunched over (gasps) uh really like poor um yeah, yeah like a like a kind of curled up back i i tap away at my computer really no you're joking (laughs) no i'm not i you know this 
it's it's kind of passing on to me. That's yeah. funny. Well, I've and I have hot takes about my friends <laughs> that I go, don't share this with anybody. But yeah. and, then <laughs> and it's um, you know, out of my lane, but I'm sure this is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. The thing I do that you always do is that I say something that's not true, and then I instantly say, "Just kidding." Yes, yes. Oh, and the just in time for my birthday. That was my resolution last year was to stop doing that. It's so funny. But it's so funny and it's so fun to do. Yeah. I was even gonna do it this morning. I was waiting for you to text me to be like. I got here maybe 10 minutes before the podcast started for you to be like, are you coming? And I was going to do a like, oh, wait, shit. Oh, fuck. I, nah, I just woke up, you know. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Is it fun because you get to see how the other person would react and you briefly see a moment of, of another possible world in which things have gone differently? I think it's fun because I only do them on a bad thing happening. Yeah. And then the just kidding is like. Ta-da! Like surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's actually good. good. Yeah, it makes the the thing better. The yes. better thing better. Yeah, yeah. You make the other person imagine for a brief moment a world where things aren't running smoothly. Yes. You know, and so then when you reveal that they are indeed, totally. then they're they're doubly b- feel totally. blessed to be living they the life totally that, that blessed. they have. Exactly. Yes. Like to Alex, <laughs> I've done one where like sometimes we'll have an event at Life World where we've sold two tickets, and I'll get a text from Alex being like, "You're coming tonight, right?" And I'll be like, "Oh fuck." you know i wanted to but you know and i let him fully imagine what it's gonna be like to be at that show with just the two people in the audience and him and i'm like just kidding i'll be there um <laughs> and i just think that the, yeah exactly what you just said two person so, shows yeah you gotta have a minimum you gotta have a minimum ticket sold maybe yeah you sell two tickets you do get an email from admin <laughs> <laughs> from the team yeah unfortunately but if you ever do get that email know that you're not alone <laughs> yes many before you have um Tomorrow is so. Tomorrow's your birthday. Tomorrow's my birthday. I'm turning 24. No, you're not. You <laughs> said that, and I thought, "Whoa, Sarah is so young." But wouldn't no, that you're... be sick? I'd be like uh, about to pop off for yeah, sure. But yeah, yeah. Said I'm too old. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. And it's, it's over. over but I'm us. enjoying myself. I'm enjoying myself, so it's okay. Um, but also tomorrow is the anniversary of the storming of the Capitol, January 6th. That's right. The day democracy was imperiled. Wow, That's and right. your birthday is always January 6th too. That's right. So and it all... used to be no one cared. Yeah. January 6th, what's that? But yeah. now it's been Well, it's befouled. the 6th day in January. Yeah. And now... It's yeah. been befouled It's a day by... of infamy. Wait, what yeah. happened? So it was like your birthday and democracy was like, you know, sputtering its last breath. What was that like last year? <sighs> Guys, let's get some happy birthdays in the chat happy going birthdays in for the Sarah. Chat, please. That's right. Man. Get the happy birthdays going in the chat. Last year, I was not fully engaged with it. I was aware... I mean, maybe you guys felt this. I don't even know if this has to do with it being my birthday, but like, I was aware the storming of the Capitol was going to be happening, you know, because I'd been on the dark web group chats, and I knew... Sure, you were in the, in the Boogaloo Boys I was uh, Boogaloo signal Boys. chat. Signal chat. <laughs> so I knew it was going to be happening. No, I was vaguely aware that it was like going down, but I just like couldn't... It's like my mind couldn't understand whether that was significant or not. You know, in this era that we live in, in which like so much like unprecedented fucked up shit happens all the time. Like conservatives do horrific things that don't get condemned by the people in Congress. That like the idea of this happening, I was like, ah, you know, it's just another day in the life. Yeah. Another day Um, in US of A. And then it kind of like uh, people came over for my birthday, like sit in the backyard. It was big time COVID. And um, it dawned on me that it was like, oh, sweet, something something that's a big deal and i was getting text messages that were like can you believe this is happening on your birthday and i was like oh yeah but who cares um but then i realized it was a big deal and jeremy made me <laughs> a really funny birthday card which i think i've showed you guys where he took all the pictures of the people storming the capitol who had like signs and he like edited the signs to that say rocks. happy birthday sarah that's and sweet. we want people to know that it's sarah's birthday that's, sweet. Like that. that's really so, funny yeah, i love that that was very funny um yeah 
So it's a different day now. Yeah. But I'm excited. I feel like I always have this sort of process of like a couple months before I'm about to be the new age being like, fuck, I don't want to be that fucking age. Like, yeah. Fuck this fucking sucks. And then by the time I arrive at it, I'm like, actually, it's chill. It's chill. It's chill. It is chill. I'll be 27. Yeah. That's not that bad. <laughs> I remember when Felipe turned 27 and I was like, how does it feel? And you were like, oh, I was pretty good. You know, I hoped I'd be more famous by now. But <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That's, that is what I hoped. And I hope yeah. that every year. I hope it every year. And I, I never reach no, Well, you are a little more famous every year, Felipe. That's right. I would say. Mm, yeah, That's I guess right. that's how you define famous. Yeah. Something I think is funny also about birthdays is like, in the days leading up to it, you're like planning something that you're going to do. And I find that like, if... If I can't get the plan made and I can't get the event to happen on my birthday, by the t- moment I wake up the day after my birthday, I'm like, I don't give a fuck about this anymore. Like, it's over. Yes. You know, like children are like, but I have to have my birthday party. Right. Like, even if I missed it, I'll have it three weeks later or something. Not for an adult. It sure. goes on. Time moves on. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you can't, you can't. It's like if your family can't show up for Christmas, you're not going to have Christmas on January 10th. You better not. You're not going to make it up. It's no, done. It's Christmas done. is over. The spirit you is it. gone. It's like, up, yeah. it's so ephemeral. Yeah. It lives in your heart. Santa's yeah. dead. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's not going to come back <laughs> to him. He doesn't get resurrected yeah. for another year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you guys have any birthday wishes for me or anything, you can say them. Yeah, well, I have some birthday wishes. Happy birthday. Wow, I hope you. you have a happy one. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. Mr. Call. Me too. Does it bring up the same anxieties about the passage of time that New Year's Eve does? Hmm. I don't th- I don't think so. At least it's like private. I'm also right. glad that it happens at the same time as New Year's so that we just flip the the page all at once. Mm, I see. Yeah. I see. <laughs> new year, new personal year. So, do you get less presents cuz it's in that right next to Christmas? I think I get more presents because people are like, <laughs> Christmas is coming and it's going to be Sarah's birthday right after. So so you got to supercharge it. I didn't yeah. think that because I, I thought it was a little later. Oh, shit. Because Sam's birthday is a little later. My birthday is a little later, guys. Can you remind me of your birthday? Yeah. March? Yep. Yeah, January yeah, yeah. 25th. January 25th. About, that's right. Maybe this isn't interesting, but it, it matters to me. It matters to birthday people. If your birthday's tomorrow, you know this is on your mind. Do you repost the happy birthday posts you get or do you just let them... You just say, message people and say thank you. No, repost. I mean, if, <laughs> right? Not not a not on the not if it's a grid post, but if it's a story post, then you got to repost. Yeah, and you've been tagged. And you've been oh, tagged. Oh, really? Wow. Oh, okay. You don't gotta, but it's <laughs> but not it's not bad to do it. It's you're not. not bad no to one's do it. gonna. It's your say, birthday. Yeah. Well, if if you're doing that for me, know that it's a burden for me <laughs> and that I I may not do it. Really? Wow. You don't like to repost? A burden. You well, it's up like to, to you. Them? It's up to you. It's your birthday. You can do it and if you you don't want if you don't want to, you don't have to. I guess I guess so. I guess so. Whoa, uh, look at this. Kelso says no unless they're good content. Alex has no reposting ever. What are, the you, hell? are you being serious? Wow. Why? Are you Why? insane? You don't want to spread the joy into the world? My mom or my dad says uh Sarah's having a birthday for the Three Kings Day, two gifts. That's right. Yep. That's right. It's the twelfth day of Christmas. I, I'm I think we should do a thing or I'm going to start doing a thing where, you know how when it's a special friend's birthday, you have to do like a carousel post on your grid where you yes. show all the pictures. You have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to drop them strategically during the year. Not when the, it's that person's birthday ah. and just do a little thing where this is my friend, Sarah. 
She's turning she's, 27 in five months. <laughs> yeah. She's 27. She's 26 now. Yeah. Soon, but will one day be 27. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> funny. So the, other, the other day you posted a carousel of photos of me and you. Yes. Making that was so right. cute. That was you so didn't funny. even tag me. That if I hadn't funny. gone on Instagram, I wouldn't <laughs> have seen it. I think I do an annoying. When I post for someone's birthday, a lot of times I do so many posts on my story for them, like a story about them. And then they have to repost all of the, the episodes of the story. And I'm just one well-wisher. Yeah. <laughs> so that's too much. That gets to be too much. I just think sometimes I'll be on Instagram and then I won't know it's your birthday. And if you're not reposting exactly. the happy birthdays you got, I'm exactly. not going to find out if I if I'm exactly. not, if I don't follow the same people. Exactly. So you got to let people know. Exactly. I think, I think you should be allowed to say like, it's my birthday today to someone, right? Agreed. And I agree with Annabelle. Annabelle I'm pro-reposting. Pro I was planning to repost and I thought everyone was going to have my back in the chat and be like, dude, go for it. It's your birthday. No, repost. I'm pro. I'm pro. Thank you. I don't see. I don't get this. No reposting. Why? Yeah, what's it's that like about? Arrogant? What's that about? You think it's cringe? Oh, I'm kind of joking around. I'm kind of Alex. You, you have to. You have to put the the sarcasm tag. Yeah, put the sarcasm tag. I love seeing memes. I look at people's birthday posts and I'm like, oh, look at this. That's their their cousin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> their cousin really loves them. Wow, that's that person when they were three. Yeah. Oh my God, Sarah, I saw a picture of you when you were little. Oh, cute. Oh, Wait, can I, I wanted see to it? I would love to see that. Eat you up. You're so yeah, cute. Oh, Wait, can we go on? No, we can't go on Instagram to see it, can we? The we fun, the fun thing is finding the most horrible picture of your friend from like five years ago and reposting that. Yeah, and being like, that Happy is funny. birthday to my friend. <laughs> it's like, is this, this is the first time I've like looked in the photo. Oh, I hate app. the Apple albums thing. What but do you use? A different, a, a different podcast. thing? No, it's just that when I click into that version of the Photos app, I'm like, totally disoriented if you're listening live once the podcast is over go on little underscore ed underscore comic to see the new little ed comic that i post you want to give us a little uh teaser about what it might be about well as if you've been following chalk and banjo are now taking care of a two-month-old baby as part of their home ec class and we're gonna see how their different philosophies play out as they take care wow. of this baby. Home ec class—that's that's a great premise. I haven't thought yeah. about that in a home ec in a while. Because you know, it's like that trope in movies and TV where it's like they have to take the flour, the sack of flour, that's or the right. egg, or and the take egg. care of it. But in this case, they don't have—they run out of flour, so they give them an actual baby to take care of. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Did you guys have to do that? I had an egg. I had to do an egg. You for real? You? I thought that was just on television. No, I had to do that. I had to do an egg. How did you take care of it? What did you do to it? I put it inside of my asshole every <laughs> night to keep it warm. Nice. <laughs> now, at my school, we had to, in physics class, build a contraption that if an egg was dropped from the roof of the school, it wouldn't break. Because we were being trained to be scientists. Not, <laughs> not mothers. Not mothers. Yeah. <laughs> Mom and daddy. Yeah, no, no, did no, you, no. Did you, were you able to save the egg from breaking? Yes, but it turned out because we were the first period that it was just because the eggs had been refrigerated that they were so hard that none of them broke because some people did a really bad job building their thing and the physics teacher was like, wait, what the fuck? Your egg's not broken? Like, everyone's egg didn't break. And yeah. if your egg didn't break, you got an automatic A. Um, so everybody got A's, but it, it wasn't because we did a good job. And, and that you, was an awesome What was your day. contraption? Sometimes you got to give it up to God. You got to <laughs> give it up to God. The physics teacher's like, no! <laughs> That's right. Sometimes God 
prayer, luck, yes, chance. Yes, exactly. Honestly, honestly, it's like if you use oblique thinking, put it in the freezer, any contraption will work. You know that test, the philosophy test, what is bravery? And then the person writes this and then leaves the rest of the paper empty and then just turns that in. Uh-huh. What? The philosophy test. That's like this. It's like you come in super cool. You're like, it's like, wait, you haven't spent all this time working on your contraption? And you're like, no, because I actually know science. I know yes. the egg's not going to break. Yes, I know we're science. first period. We're safe. So from yeah. the top of the school? From the top of the school? Even an egg, even refrigerated, from the top of the school wouldn't break. They didn't break. They were like, for some reason, they were practically frozen. None of them broke. We all got A's. It was wow. an awesome day. And, did, and, and, <laughs> and when you dropped it, none of you went, oh, that's my child. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were taught not to be sentimental. Wow. Because yeah. for me, I still have my egg because it, it unlocked a kind of primordial paternal instinct in uh-huh. the hippocampus of my brain yeah, just that, that said mm, take care of take this care. thing i remember also once in a class we were doing some kind of activity where you had to stand up if you agreed or disagreed with the statement and the statement was um i think women should also be drafted and everyone was like a proto-feminist ninth grader you know <laughs> sure. everyone stood up right. except for one person who uh lauren poor oh, i was, thought it was going to be me no. you I mean. no that would have been cool um, it was this cool artist who was like, I don't know, way further out on the edge and like 10 years ahead of everybody. Um, oh, no, it was L- Lauren Teixeira. I didn't, no one knows who these people are. But uh, anyway, the, the teacher Lauren was Teixeira. like, why Why don't you think women should be drafted? And she was like, I don't think anybody should be drafted. <gasps> Whoa. And that blew my mind. That to me, that was like uh, intro to Galaxy Brain. Wow. Rejective wow. premise and of the question. And someone took a picture of that and it's like now famously yes. like the Hitler, <laughs> like the thing of everyone doing the fascist yes. thing of Hitler, but one guy isn't. And it's Hitler. Uh, <laughs> Sabina said it was Elizabeth Holmes. That year, right. Holmes. you're right. The In that picture, it is Hitler, the one who's not doing it. Have you seen that meme? Yes, I've seen yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Be this guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see there was this video of Hitler at like the Olympics? And he's like, yeah, like he's uh, off his rock. Yeah, he's like moving yeah. back and forth really fast. And someone's like, because he's on, he's, he's on, on amphetamines. Here. Yeah, and he's like, you can really see him like jumping up he's and down. So excited yeah. for the Olympics. He's like a little kid. <laughs> um, well, it's nine thirty. Nine thirty-one. That's all you get. That's that's all we get. But but this the thing continues after. That's the right. Mics go off. And now we are gonna hang out. So let's say the thing we say at the end of a podcast every time. Happy birthday, Sarah. Happy birthday, Sarah. Raisin Man Arena.